ladies and gentlemen, niggas and crackers, guys, gals, and, and non-binary pals, hot girls and city boys, saints and inks, and, and all our Harlem family, family. Welcome, welcome to your very own podcast. Another episode of your beloved bi-monthly broadcast, Harlem's very own, featuring as always your two magnanimous co-hosts. I am Justin Winley, aka Victor Shade, aka Just the Stash, because I shaved my goatee, aka the Negro Neo. Joined by the Negro Neo is excellent. Very good. Very good, Keanu Reeves. Oh my god. Okay. Y'all, what's up? It's Jude Ali Stephens Wilson. A.K.A. Swaliega. What, 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 what? A.K.A. Jiggerman Hawkins. A.K.A. The Howling Hollering Woo Wolf of Harlem. What's up? Oh, wow. That's crazy. And we and we have uh, we have our friend of the show back, our boy Ahmad Simmons. Oh, man. Oh, man. This is a blessing. Oh, man. Hello, everybody. My name is Ahmad K. Simmons, A.K.A. Alonzo from Trainer Day. A.K.A. Yes! Mr. Michael Jai White. AKA Mr. Black Tarzan in the building. Hello. <laughs> how y'all fellas doing? How how you feeling? <laughs> I'm very excited about this episode. I love Ahmad. That's what man is. <laughs> As am I. Yes. We we thought we figured it was about time to bring back Ahmad. It's always a pleasure having him. He is another uh harder mite. The main topic today will be um kind of us nerding out. Uh if you guys don't know, we've hinted it. Uh, at it before, but you know, Jude and I, we're we're geeks just like everybody else. You know, we grew up watching our 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 Samurai Jacks, our Dragon Ball Z, our you know, our, we grew up reading our comics, a mod too. So, mm-hmm. um, Marvel recently dropped the bomb on us, and uh, we have a lot of news to discuss later. But first, we got to get to the stuff that the rest of y'all normal people actually care about. Uh, so, Jude, what do we got on the docket today? What's been happening? All right, so on the dock of the current events today. Numero uno, Logan Paul versus Floyd Mayweather. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, well, your boy. Yeah. So, for, for, first of all, now Logan Paul is, as we all know, if you don't know him, is a YouTuber. He's been he got famous on Vine when he was a kid, popped off, and has continued to make his money doing videos and controversy. I think it was around three or four years ago where he got in trouble for going into a in Japan at a Japanese suicide forest where it's notoriously yes. known as that and taking a pic and taking a picture taking a video with uh, a a hanging man mm-hmm. it's very sad but it was a very insensitive thing and it got him into a lot of trouble but got his name out there that's how I heard of Logan Paul and he's recently gotten into boxing as you all know he had a couple fights with KSI one ending up in a draw and one ending up in him losing Mm-hmm. And his brother Jake did the same thing, which we talked about last episode, him knocking Nate Robinson the hell out. And so he has now challenged Floyd Mayweather. And I was just watching a video about this previously, and he was this was gone this has gone on for actually a couple months where he called out Floyd Mayweather. He, there was a, a video call that he had with Mayweather calling him out, talking shit, mm-hmm. talking crazy. 
and Mayweather, you know, sent him a contract because Mayweather likes that money. It's money Mayweather for yeah, sure does. Now, they're set to fight in February, and that's the gist of that. And if you don't know who Floyd Mayweather is, he is pound for pound, one of the greatest boxers of all time, undefeated, 50-0. I'm not counting that mm-hmm. exhibition match he had last year with the kickboxer in Ryzen in, over in Japan, which was – just didn't make any sense. It was just a money grab or mm-hmm. an ego boost from Mayweather. I don't even know how that's a money grab. You're beating up you know, a kickboxer that no one knows. <laughs> not, to take anything, yes. not to take anything away from the kickboxer, but – No, you're right. Yeah, where's the money in it? Who knows? No, it's um, not- it's not like you trying to like call out, I don't know, like Jesus or something. But now no. that would be the money fight, wouldn't it? That'd be a hilarious <laughs> money fight. I wonder if Jesus had any hands. I wonder if he had any hands. Uh, well, he was, he was a carpenter, so he was he was definitely strong. He didn't he look like no carpenter to me. Not, not for nothing. Like, <laughs> well, yeah, but you know, you've been looking. We've been looking at white Jesus our whole lives. We so have been looking at white Jesus our whole lives. We have. He was a Middle Eastern Palestinian Jew. Um, and he was a carpenter for 30, 20 years, so mm-hmm. he was probably pretty built. He had that blue collar strength, I imagine. The, I see a lot. Um, I see a lot of them at the bodega. They don't have calluses. Strong. He had them calluses on his hands. Yeah, so that's what it was. Hands. You wouldn't want him to. The gnarled, the gnarled fingers. Yo, no, to, but, be honest, um, to be honest, if you know he's a Palestinian Jew, I want. I wonder if he can make a killer chopped cheese. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what kind of chop cheese you can make. I don't know. I'm trying to you want out. Frank? <laughs> Yo, what was ketchup back then? I'm trying to figure out if if that's if that's more offensive to the Christian community or to the Middle Eastern community at large. But anyways, so, yeah, so Mayweather and Logan Paul are fighting. I would like to yes. know y'all opinions on this matchup. Now, given, let's just the tail of the tape. Logan Paul, around six feet, six one, two hundred pounds. Mm-hmm. Mayweather has to be around five seven. I can say his heaviest is like one fifty or one sixty. Of how he can he can get to one fifty, one sixty, but I also feel like this is definitely a money grab as well. This is most definitely a money grab. He sees Logan yeah. Paul, he's like, all right, yeah, this dude, he's like, all right, six feet, all that. I'm like, I'm quick on my feet. It's like a nice little, was it three rounds? Eight, probably. Eight? Oh, that's that's gonna be a, a light one. Two, three minutes. Mayweather. He's like, he he was he literally, I remember it was one video he was talking about how like he does all this other shit that doesn't involve with boxing. He goes to the strip club, he throws money around, he does this, that, and the third. When it comes to a fight, all right, give me like six months. Mm. Okay, cool. I got you. This fight, yeah. he could care less about Logan Paul. I bet you he cares less about Logan Paul. He's like, oh, this is for more money. All right, cool. Yeah, I got it. It's time for me to put in a new bathroom anyway. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I was just looking at the uh, the tail the like they have a, the tail of the tape online, and it's uh, Logan is six two, Mayweather's five eight. Um, but I mean, the, the, the skill level is obviously night and day. So the height doesn't even matter. Um, if it, if Mayweather decides at some point that he's fed up playing around, you know, it's not going to take much for him to, you know, knock Logan Paul out if, you know, or at least I think it's dangerous. 
I think it's dangerous. I'm a little worried. Like, not like, I don't think Mayweather will get obliterated, but I'm just worried because size matters. And Wait, hang hang on. I know, 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 I know. How is, but I'm saying, how is Logan Paul, I know, look, Mayweather's older now, he's not in his prime anymore, but like, how is Logan Paul going to do to Floyd Mayweather what Pacquiao, Canelo, all these people couldn't do? You know what I mean? Like, he has a... And those people are lifelong boxers. They are life. Is Listen, I just think that he, he can't absolutely hit him. Can He'll be able to... He won't hit him a lot, but if he hits him, he'll hit him hard. Hmm. You know, I'm not saying anything about Floyd Mayweather's skills. I'm just saying when that boy hits him, it's going to hit him hard. I don't know how, how big opponents Mayweather has faced back in the day. I don't know mm-hmm. if he's facing anyone 200 pounds. Size matters after a while, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like that. That's why we have weight classes, you know. Like I'm not gonna say uh, like let's put like I'm not gonna try and fight uh, fucking like Francis Ngannou or something. He might have less mm-hmm. experience than me, hasn't been training for him as long as me, but I obviously haven't been fighting as much as he has. But if I were a fighter, I wouldn't be challenging going up towards Francis Ngannou, who's like like six three, two hundred fifty pounds. He hits mm-hmm. you, you go down. I, I don't haven't seen Logan Paul knock anybody out, and Logan Paul is actually a legitimate athlete, so it's a little worrisome. It's, it's just a little worrisome, but yeah. Other than that, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised though. Just goes the distance. Mayweather just slips, slides, gets out of the way, pops him, and he wins the fight by by points, which is what he's done for the last like ten years. But, anyway, yeah. You know, either way, I won't be surprised. Mm. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, how do you guys, we talked about this a little bit last episode, but like, in terms of the sport of boxing in general, like the sport versus the spectacle, you you know, do you think that this is something that's ultimately kind of, is it more negative for boxing, you know, fight exhibitions like these? Is it more positive? You know, I mean, because it's like, if anyone, the way I'm looking at it is, it's this influencer culture that's mm-hmm. starting to kind of corrode everything, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, um, so if I get like six million follower followers on Instagram tomorrow, I could maybe not six million, like let's say eighteen million, whatever. I could challenge Floyd Mayweather, you know what I yeah. mean? If it's if it's proven that like I'll bring eyes to screens, um, then that's and then there'll be people who actually might wanna fight Floyd just because like they want to test their skills against the legend and they've been grinding to be an actual boxer, you know, um, and they, you know, they get kind of looked over. How yeah. do you guys feel about that? Do you think that it matters ultimately or? I'm not hit it first. Um, I feel like this is the only sport that people feel like it's a way to re- uh, achieve more. They can, it can never be a one to, to achieve more clout, more money, um and can also you know you pick like a random celebrity and say like hey let's get in the ring mm-hmm. let's box it out it's not like hey let's play ball for it or let's 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 play let's play another game for it now nah, let's fight this out in the ring i feel like it's now like I, in my mind i definitely feel like boxing is not like taken seriously anymore yeah they just see it as a way to a uh, well, for celebrities, it's like more of a gamble. It's more of like gambling. If I knock you out, if I get these rounds, if I win this fight, I get this amount of money. 
and you don't, and then I get more, I get more, I, I achieve more popularity than you. But at the same time, you know, both of them are getting money afterwards. So, oh, fifty yeah, million dollars sure. is fifty million easy. No, wait, easy no, for 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 Floyd. Yeah, and that's he Jake McGregor. Him. Actually, Jake is calling out McGregor for fifty mil, and that is even annoying. I'm getting tired. I may have to call out Jake Paul by damn self. Because I'm pretty, <laughs> I'm pretty sure Jake and Logan are just like they're literally talking to each other, talking about some yo, this is an easy money grab. Let's just call out these well, yeah. legends and mm-hmm. get money afterwards. Like this is what a this is what a friend of mine was actually talking about. Um my friend Adisa shouts out Adisa. But he was saying he feels like they're not like these fights aren't for the you know, Logan Paul fighting Mayweather isn't about Logan Paul. It's about Jake Paul. Like it's about them competing with each other almost in a way. It's yeah. how he was looking at it. Like they're trying to one up one another because they're brothers and they're That's both rich. And they, yeah. And they, and it's always been a thing like, you know, Jake Paul maybe got started later on, but they both are very popular. You know, I'm, I'm sure, you know, someone could, let me see what their subscriber count is like. And like on nothing, YouTube, for example, you got, you, you got put on by your brother. Jake Paul got 20 mil. 20.3 million subscribers on YouTube. Okay. So then Logan Paul YouTube stats. Logan has 22.6. So they're Ridiculous. they're neck and neck again and that's that's like a thing, you know, and they're only a few years apart anyway. So this is all kind of just showboating from the two of them. Yeah. But I think that Jake is the one who's going about it more seriously. Mm-hmm. He does seem to have an actual interest in like developing boxing as a career i think at first it was like oh let me do this because my brother did it but now he's like hmm, no nah, maybe i kind of like this yeah and you know i mean it's not he wouldn't be the first he wouldn't at all be the first celebrity or pseudo celebrity to fight um you know uh there have been people from like um you know from reality tv and whatnot who have gotten into mma uh so it's it's precedented but it's like i think people they the two of them are so they are they're capitalizing as as everyone you know every smart internet person does they're capitalizing on the hate right yeah. on the on the controversy that they generate um i think that it's been interesting to watch logan because he's been trying to kind of like it's almost like if his brother is trying to go the the fighting route uh logan's trying to go the commentator route like he has a podcast now mm-hmm. and he's kind of doing like the joe rogan thing the brendan Schaub thing you know um so he's and he's kind of trying to mature at least it seemed like i remember there was a clip going around of him talking about like when the whole black lives matter thing was kind of at a peak this summer mm-hmm. he was talking about you know his privilege as a white dude and um you know trying to call out b- the difference between being not racist and anti-racist and you know he he was making some really cogent points and it was interesting to hear him and see i do genuinely think that like after that whole thing at uh, Aoki Gahara, I think is the actual right. name of right. the suicide forest. Mm-hmm. He did try to like turn himself around, his image around. So, right. it, but yeah, I think this fight to me is just like because the way he talked about it on on that uh, that little interview that I sent y'all was like, oh, I didn't even know my manager was being serious about it until I got the contract. So I was like, all right, so then why am I watching it? Right. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, we'll we'll see how it goes. It's in what February? Yeah, yeah. and the thing I am just have to say is like I'm a I'm I know I understand that 
boxers, local working class boxers, are mm-hmm. tight. Yeah. These guys are fucking tight. Yeah, men and women from the ages of probably eight or nine to even thirty have trained for years, countless hours in the gym, traveling all over the country, doing tournaments, junior Olympics, Olympic trials, the Olympics, golden Mm -hmm. gloves, Mm -hmm. spending all this time boxing, training, and then out of nowhere, these two YouTube kids, (laughs) little white boys, just pop off and are getting the the biggest money you can get in boxing right now and boxing is dying and it's not like the good old days yeah mm-hmm. you know and i was looking it up and in the 1950s you could kind of be like a working class boxer you know be like you know our parents box 14 times a year <laughs> right for 15 rounds and <laughs> live your life but you know you they people want that big check obviously you want to be the best in the world they're competitors you know but there is not a working class boxer where you can kind of work do your best if you can't make it you're not asked out but then of course brain damage and all the negative uh, side effects of being a boxer but i just know that these people are tight it's It's disrespectful after a while to the brave men and women who, you know, spend their entire lives on this sport, you know? Clarissa Shields went to the Olympics twice. Mm-hmm. Roy Jones got robbed at the Olympics. Mayweather got robbed at the Olympics. I wonder what Mayweather's younger self, and he'd probably say, nah, just get the money. <laughs> yeah. And you know what's so crazy? We have to find out, we really got to find out, like, how long did Logan and Jake really train and spar and all that, but and then... You gotta like put it with. Now they're in these million dollar fights. Like yeah. we only spar with these X amount of people in our lives. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure Logan did the same thing for like a, a shortage of people. Well, for like a few months, a few months to like a couple years. I feel like a couple years for 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 Logan because him versus KSI. What was that last year? Yeah. Like so that. Logan has some has like like a, a, a up in that one, and now Jake coming out of the waterworks for like pretty sure several months and now he's achieving million dollar fights million mm-hmm. dollar fights with Nate Robinson like forget the the the, the whole knockout he got a fight with Nate, Nate Robinson who was a football player and basketball player homeboy was elite and now you put him in the ring and you <laughs> knock him out and you get money off of that and now you're calling out Conor McGregor. And I and I agree. These boxers are so pissed off. They're mm-hmm. so pissed off because they know in their heads, they're like, I can go toe-to-toe with Logan Paul or Jake Paul. And they I can, can clean knockout. They can Any murder day. them. They can murder <laughs> them. A clean knockout. So, I look at that kid, um, that kid, uh, what is his name? Shakur- Garcia? Ryan Garcia? Ryan Garcia. Ryan Garcia. He's friends with them. Yeah. Well, yeah. Because yeah, he's, and that's the thing. He's also straddling the line. It's, it's going to become a thing where like, where boxers are going to need, are going to need like 
entertainment managers, yep. not just fight managers. They're going to need, because it's, it, it's, everything is, is becoming commercial. So it's like, yeah. it, and the thing about Ryan Garcia is he's a pretty boy too. Yep. So he's, he's marketable in that sense. Um, and so that's why it's easy for him to be like, oh yeah, I'll post the social media vids where I'm, you know, I'm doing mm-hmm. my, my, my the windmill punch. And shit. Yeah. And, and, and then I'll talk about, you know, Gatorade or whatever, <laughs> whatever energy drink. And then like, yeah, like, but, but not every boxer has that. And, and so a lot the other thing is like, so many people go into boxing because like, you don't need to think about anything. And that's not to, that's not to be disrespectful. Like I'm not calling boxers stupid. No, obviously but I'm not. Saying that, yeah, no, but I'm saying like, that's, that's a that's a career path where it's like it's a simple thing it's like i i can i can hone myself at this one skill and all that all of my iq is centered around this yeah so like i get people around me who i trust to handle the money to handle the whatever but like i want to do this right and then when you start introducing all this other no it's noise like it, I, I, you know, for people who are really fighters i can imagine it gets it, like you said it gets frustrating you know um but yeah, like I'm even 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 Ryan Garcia, that guy's a legit. No, boxer. Ryan Garcia is nice, and could I'm sure if he was in the right weight class, he could easily go toe to toe against either one of Paul, either I, one of the Pauls. I think Logan Paul or Jake Paul should have should you know if they wanted to get to the money thing, they should have gone to levels. Like, all right, I fought Nate Robinson. Yeah. How about let me fight Javante Davis? Mm. And Javante Davis is a killer. Start with start start there. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Also, work your way up. I also feel like with, with Ryan Garcia, as you said, he's cool with them, so he's not going to say nothing. He's not going right. to say nothing about about their cash grab. He knows he knows that he can knock them out. He knows that he that he can go toe to toe with Logan or even Jake Paul, and right. like he can see that if he says something about it, then I feel like it'll affect his. His fame and stuff like that. Yeah, that too. So he's not going to knock their their hustle off. He's not going to do it. Because people are going to look at him a little weird. Like, hey, what what you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) Start looking at him sideways. Right. He's still making fights anyway. He's making legit fights. So, you know, I think he's got a long career ahead of him regardless. He does. Uh, I'll ask this and then, Jude, if you want to move on to the next Mm -hmm. one, we can. But... Do you think that the the kind of downturn of boxing is directly related to the 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 advent of MMA, like people just being more interested in UFC, or do you think that it's separate? Damn, oh no, maybe because it's not because the UFC is one league. You can watch MMA right here. There's right. like three or four different things in boxing, mad different divisions, mad different titles. People were all over the place yeah. with belts. Uh, and and but it also, one thing I remembered was uh, boxing took a real like halt in the eighties. So Ray Boom Boom Mancini accidentally killed one of his opponents on live television on on NBC. I mm. forgot who the it, it was an Asian guy. I think it was from Korea. Uh, they fought and the guy passed away, and that kind of put a halt to boxing. It made people like, yo made people uncomfortable again. People stopped really liking combat sports, you know, right? But it's the '80s, you know. Boxing's still a thing, but it slowed down. It lost its, uh, you know, regular TV broadcast where I'm just like flipping the channels and then I see a fight. And then it became yeah. just almost strictly pay per view or cable. 
Right. Now it's now combat sports are coming back into, you know, mainstream regular TV, but also we have new ways of, you know, taking in content, streaming services, mm-hmm. YouTube. So people are have that's almost that same uh, access to fighting again. But now people are more interested in seeing the real fight, which is the UFC. Right. Yeah. Yeah, like you said, I think because, yeah, there are like there are four major bodies of professional professional boxing. There's mm-hmm. WBA, World Boxing Association, the World Boxing Council, mm-hmm. International Boxing Federation and World Boxing Organization. Yeah. And so like you have to so there's like you can get a belt. Then you then you go for like unification. Mm-hmm. You got to fight the other person who's holding the other belt. And it's like, what? In UFC, it's like, yeah, one champ. Yeah. You know what I mean? And right. then also there's mad different contracts. So there were HBO was not around anymore, but there was HBO and Showtime. Mm-hmm. You know, this fighter is signed to this organization, like Top Rank or Mayweather Promotions or Golden Boy. They're associated with Showtime. Then they're associated with HBO. They can't make, that, That's why the Mayweather-Pacquiao fight didn't happen. Pacquiao was on top rank. Mayweather was under his own thing. Mayweather was over at Showtime, and Pacquiao was over at top top rank at HBO. So it was, mm. it was just way too complicated. The business got in the way. Yeah, people want simplicity. They want to be able to sit down, turn something on, and mm-hmm. and uh, and watch what they want to watch. Right. So yeah. yeah, we'll we'll see how that turns out. Um, but moving on, moving on. Uh, Lupe Fiasco, uh, announced that he will require the COVID-19 vaccine to go to one of his concerts. Lupe Fiasco is uh, a rapper from Chicago. He came up in around like the 2000s and got discovered kind of by Kanye. He was on Kanye's second album on uh, Touch the Sky uh, from Late Registration and Mm. popped off with a few good albums. You know, a big hit of his was Kick Push. Mm, One of his best works was uh, The Cool and lasers and so on and so forth. And he's been a big radical rapper for most of his career. His father was a Black Panther. His uh he's a martial artist. He's like one of us, you know? Yeah. He's radical, he's a dork, and he's a martial <laughs> artist. He, he's he's an H, he's an HVO boy. Yeah. But... <laughs> It'd be so dope to have Lupe on here, bro, cuz he he like he, I think I'm pretty sure he he streams on Twitch like he plays yeah video games like uh t-pain does that too yes. but yeah lupe lupe is uh lupe is cool um i've i gained a lot of respect for his work um in the last few years listening to a few of his albums i listened to um drogas oh yeah uh, which he put out i listened to that when i was at geneseo mm. which is a uh, interesting album and then um i went back and kind of started i remember i kind of got turned on to him because his one of his songs was in one of the trailers for creed mm. um well, the first one, and um, I was like, "This goes hard." Who is this, Lupe Fiasco? Um, but yeah, he, he's always posting his videos, uh, his uh, Eido videos, mm-hmm. on um, on Instagram. You know, pulling out the katana and slicing a ball or something. So Pretty yeah, dope. cool dude. Um, as far as the vaccine thing, I was yeah looking up a little bit about that. Um, as far as like how Ticketmaster is trying to negotiate, like okay, either getting a vaccination or, or proving, uh, negative testing within 72 hours Mm -hmm. of the, of attendance to the gig. Um, so it, it, it's, it's, it's definitely going to be, um, a controversial, a controversial idea. I mean, 
how do y'all feel about it? If if there was like a concert that you want, you know, if there was a Griselda concert that you wanted, give to it to me. To. <laughs> give it to me. I would be a test subject for it, but pay me. <laughs> pay me. That's right. how I'm taking everything now. Pay me. You want to test any medical thing on me? Pay me. I was going to cut my sperm. Pay me. <laughs> I feel like if, if I now this is the new. I have not been to a concert in years. Like a last concert, one went to. Concert, the last concert I went to. Oh my god, it was it was a concert on one twenty fifth at the Marcus Garvey Park, and Roy Ayers was there. Um, and he was doing a, it was a free concert, but like going to a concert and paying for something, I can't even remember. I can't remember. I feel like if I did have the chance to go to a concert, it would either be a Michael Jackson concert or a D'Angelo concert. That would be for me giving the COVID vaccine for that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I feel you, man. The last concert, the first and last, actually, that I uh, have been to is uh, Afropunk in 2018. Oh, smooth. I'm still That joking. was a fantastic show. Still <laughs> the last one I went to was Freddie Gibbs and Griselda. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man. No, um, um, the, the Afropro <laughs> joint was was so cool because uh, it just I'd always heard about it and wanted to go, mm-hmm. and then it just happened to be that that year's lineup was insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, talking Jesse Reyes, Smino, um, uh, who else? Her, mm-hmm. Daniel Caesar popped up, and then Miguel to end the night that I went. Um, they also had Kate Trinata there. Um, wow. They had they had a bunch of people. The internet was performing. I think in Atlanta, I mean, Afropunk in Atlanta. Um, Okay. But yeah, so that was the last one I'd been to. Now, the idea of like, the idea of getting vaccinated or tested to go to a concert. I'm, I'm wondering like, because I think it makes sense why we're, why we're like in the immediate aftermath of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. But I'm wondering what the science is on when we'll reach that herd immunity yeah safety point where it's like because covid i don't think i i think covid is very much going to be like the flu in that and well it has been it's always existed like Uh i was actually watching um a a clip from this uh scientist who was talking about and he was on a what was it i think it was cnn or cnbc something like that right but he was talking about how sars like the group the family of viruses they've been looking to for a for a vaccination for it for like 17 years something like that mm-hmm. and so this the people are like oh the vaccination like how did they, they just fix they came out with it all of a sudden like apparently is this is they've been working on covid related vaccinations for a very long time yeah and they cracked the code for covid19 and it's related to that spike protein that's on the outside of the cell that allows it to latch to um human cells mm-hmm. anyway so with that being said, I think that it's going to be something that that exists with humanity for a while, much yeah. like the common cold and the flu. It's a virus, so it's always mutating. But I'm wondering, because like the flu, I haven't had the flu in years. You know, yeah. I mean, I get I get vaccinated for it, but it's almost to the point where like, I don't even know if I need to necessarily every year because it's it doesn't seem as much a, a problem, you know, uh, I was looking up like 20, 22,000 people died from the flu within the last year uh, from 2019 to 2020 versus the 300,000 that have died from COVID-19. So like a big difference. So yeah, I'm wondering like, okay, vaccines and testing to be at concerts or to be at parties or whatever in the immediate aftermath. But at a certain point, like, I just hope it doesn't become a regular thing. Like once 
once we have once the death rate goes down and the infection rate goes down um you know that we don't have to be always getting tested to go somewhere cuz uh-huh. that's going to be like it's it's untenable. Like the lines at City MD are already stretching halfway yeah, down the block. Yo, they wrapped it around <laughs> the blood when I got tested. They're ridiculous. Yeah. They're ridiculous. There are actually at home tests you can take, but it depends on no. how accurate they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I did one, and I actually haven't gotten the results for them at all. But then I went to City MD and actually and got a good one. But mm-hmm. I think you know science will develop an easier way to test at home. Mm-hmm. But you know, there are ways so. to have an at-home COVID test. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm thinking that, like, ultimately there's no way, like, there's no way I'm going to be able to avoid getting the COVID vaccine because of just everything that I have to do. I mean, training for one thing. Uh, yeah. You know, obviously, Sifu's going to want to emphasize that so that we can get back to regular. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And And then, like, I wonder about school, like uh-huh. a private university. Can they be like, yeah, you got to have a vaccine if you want to start taking mm-hmm. classes, you know, in person. Mm-hmm. Um, public uni- public universities too, even public schools require vaccines. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because kids are already like walking. Disgusting. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you gotta, yeah, you gotta, um, Ahmad, just by random, because now I'm thinking about it, what's the, you work with kids, you're a teaching artist, aren't you? Right now, it, it's going to be more, more so uh, the virtual thing for quite a while. Um, for us, we don't work in the schools. We don't work in public school. Like, we don't do the classes with them, anything like that. Mm-hmm. So the in-person thing is out of the out of the picture. I'm hearing that they still are like they're still doing in-person schooling um at some schools around here but i don't know where i'm on zoom i don't need to worry about that but for as you were saying with with, with the covid vaccine it's gonna mm-hmm. be like the annual thing uh just like the flu shot and stuff mm-hmm. that's gonna be added on to the times when people get checkups uh, would, what, yeah. like six, six months out uh, out of the year and stuff like that they yeah. might put that in there and say like Oh, did you get the COVID vaccine too? Like, yeah. all right, I got to get that shit too. Yeah, right. The COVID twenty five, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And they were saying before when they first said that, oh, there's a vaccine that's like ninety percent um a cure, and I was mm-hmm. like, that ten percent gonna have you tweaking, you know? <laughs> <laughs> that ten yeah, percent made that honey up in the morning doing some leg shivers. <laughs> <laughs> They said, you're be itching, you're be... right? You like, yeah, <laughs> <she's more. laughs> you know, and I told, <laughs> what was it? They were saying that the vaccine is not even a walk in the park, you know, you're gonna mm. have to be somewhere in your you have to be probably in your bed or you're sitting down because they interviewed one of the girls that did the vaccine and the homegirl fainted on TV, she fainted mm. on live TV. I'm like, see, that's that thing right there. Y'all telling me to interview me? No, I'm going home. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting my own. Yeah. It's 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 this it's a it's an uncertain thing. Um I mean I yeah, like I said, I think it'll just get to a point where I can't really avoid it. But they've they you know, I mean I, I just saw a headline today about um Pence taking the vaccine on live television with his He wife, can't even get the fly is- off his damn head. <laughs> <laughs> which is um I was going to say that's actually pretty surprising given how this whole administration has dealt with the, with the virus and 
you know, it's sometimes it, you couldn't even tell if they thought it was a real thing. I think my pen's going to try and be president. So he's trying to like start now. Oh yeah. Oh, I see what you mean. <laughs> like, that, that's just something feeling off top. Like he's like, you know what? Let, let me get it good now. But real quick back to Lupe, Lupe tweeted after say, after requiring all his fans to get vaccinated, he tweeted, every time I faithfully study this medical black wokeness, it ends up being a bunch of bullshit promoted by folks selling sea moss shakes and possessing the scientific death of a bag of flaming hot Cheetos. Some of, <laughs> some of us actually stayed in school. I love Lupe. <laughs> it's the flaming hot Cheetos. <laughs> it's the flaming hot Cheetos. Good gracious, he unloaded. Yo, that's that's his thing though. He's always fighting somebody online. He tried to fight he, like, Kendrick. He, <laughs> he posted something and like he'll post things on Instagram, like about whatever like just his beliefs and the people being in the comments like actually like trying to like you know check him or whatever and he's like don't care no <laughs> he's really gangster like that <laughs> it's always been that way there was a there was a song that he has called put you on game it's my favorite song and mm. it's like i am the american dream the blood of this city of a dying machine and he's even came out obama back in i think 2011 he said um uh, He's been critical. He's been critical of Obama in the past, calling him the biggest terrorist. Lupe stated he's trying to fight the terrorism that is causing other forms of terrorism, mm-hmm. the root cause of the terrorism, which being Obama and the uh, airstrikes that he mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. did back in the day. And he promoted not voting because he believed in um, if he stands for someone, he has that vote for somebody. This is that person. He has to stand for everything that they believe in too. He didn't believe in everything that Obama stood for, so he wasn't going to vote. And not every candidate would do that, so he's not going to vote for anyone because he's not 100% with everything they do. It's a tough way to live, but... Very hard way to live. <laughs> no, but it's... it's Yeah, I remember him coming out against Obama. Obama, uh, Barack specifically, is becoming less and less popular by, like, the month um, in, in the wake of his presidency. Yeah. Um, and... It's interesting because, like, I I remember going to high school and there were there were there were certain people who were like, Ahmad, you remember Johanse, I'm sure. Um, I you know, saw him, I saw him months ago. LaGuardia. Yeah, he, he, he lives right over here. Uh, um, <laughs> he lives in Harlem now. Oh, I think he did. Tell oh him. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Anyway, um, shout out Johanse Barden, uh, uh, Laguardia graduate. Yes, but yeah, he there were all, there were always certain people who were like, yeah, nah, Barack, he ain't it. And we were like, nah, man, I mean, you know, it's, it's he's the black president. But it's interesting because I was just talking to my dad and he was saying that actually of the past three presidents we've had, Obama was the most warlike. Like he was the one who who had the, he had the most overseas engagement yeah. between himself, Trump and Bush. Trump actually rolled back uh, a lot of our engagement overseas, um, which is which is the which is one thing that like. A lot of people give him credit for, even if they're not um, Republican or, or whatever, you know, Trumpists. Um, but yeah, so like there's that and, and that started to become more evident in the wake of his presidency. Like and, and he had two terms, like he was president for a long time. Um, but yeah, like I think once the, the glimmer of like the history that he made kind of mm-hmm. wore off a lot of people and just him being like a cool seeming person. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but then him being president, there's 
you know, th- it's very difficult to be like, to be president and not, you know, and we've talked about this before, Jim, Yeah, like, not get your hands dirty in some right. regards. So yeah, it's just interesting. Like, you know, I, I, cause I think Justin last year or even the year before would have probably jumped at buying this uh, autobiography. He just put out this memoir. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause I had becoming, I didn't even finish becoming. I was like, I don't feel like reading this. What am I going to like? Yeah, it's fine, dude. I, it's good for you. Um, we already have uh, that book he wrote about um, dreams from my father or something like that. I had that in the house too. Yeah. Um, so that I'll read one day, but yeah, man, uh, Lupe, that sounds exactly like, you know, something that he would do. And uh, we'll see if other artists. I think follow it's healthy. Soon. I think it's healthy though. I think it's a healthy voice in hip hop, but mm-hmm. not for nothing, Lupe. For him to say it, I don't think people are going to care too much because you know you you not Kendrick, bro. You Lupe. You not Drake. Right. Drake said it. Drake said you got to get vaccines to come to my concerts. Yeah, that everybody's going to say yes. <laughs> if Justin Bieber I'll, said, I'll put it out there for the Latino community out there for our for our Latino oh. listeners. <laughs> he ain't Bad Bunny. Imagine Bad Bunny popping off saying. Nah, none of y'all niggas coming to my concert if y'all not vaccinated. Listen, everybody's I, gonna say okay. I, I get vaccinated to go to a Bad Bunny concert. That dude is lit. <laughs> I, I probably got it. One of my songs from the week is from Bad Bunny, but we'll get there. Let's tell all the old people though who are anti-vaxxers, like what's the old person uh, artist that they love? Like, let's say Aretha Franklin comes back to life. Are they going to get vaccinated? <laughs> you could have just used like. Dion Warwick. I was thinking of, I was thinking of Luther Vandross, so I'm like, nah, he died too. Um. <laughs> you know damn well if Pop Smoke said you gotta get vaccinated, they will say yes. Oh sure. They oh, will yeah. definitely say yes. If absolutely if Prince if Prince said you gotta get vaccinated, I'm pretty sure Prince would probably be like, I don't like it. Don't y'all worry about it. <laughs> Yeah, I don't worry about it. Just don't. Don't just say. Just don't spit on each other. Don't just say pure yourself. He just say purify yourself in the waters of Lake Minnetonka. Yep. <laughs> what else is going on in, in rapper land, Jude? Because uh, you had uh, one other story. For one us. other story is well, it's it's a mixture of stories because it all kind of blends in together. Of rappers are in danger. Fat Joe has a podcast or Instagram like a a weekly Instagram live talk. He yeah. had a, another rapper on there named Mayno, and rappers are in danger. Rappers are now getting killed and going to jail for big bid, for big bids, for mm-hmm. really big bids, uh, now more than ever. And and from and interviews are being used in these cases. So right, a real rise in that trend was I think a couple weeks ago Casanova, a Brooklyn rapper. A real just hard dude sound to, signed to Rock Nation got arrested for <clears throat> he got arrested for uh, an act of serious violence. I swear though that's mm. the charge. <laughs> I swear that's the charge. Uh, it's from the New York Times. I'm getting this from. He's he's confident that he'll be exonerated. Uh, there was a killing I think in Poughkeepsie where he was not technically a shooter, but he's still facing life in jail for being involved or knowing the people involved or constructing this killing. And it's just a serious act of violence and he's being charged with it. Uh, Other rappers like A Boogie got wrapped up in, I think, a drug bid and they also found hollow point bullets in his his house. And then- All types of magazines and stuff, yeah. 
Yeah, and then of course this year we lost Pop Smoke. Uh, who else is? But shouts out to Roddy Rebel just getting out of prison. Um, dang, who else is going? Nipsey to last year. Nipsey last year. Just a lot of rappers are going to jail and dying. Yeah, and mm-hmm. Fat Joe was speaking about it like one thing was they're surrounding themselves with you know their homies from the streets who mm-hmm. they've been with their entire lives. And Fat Joe said something like. I'm in Madison Square Garden and I have all my best friends with me who would die for me, who I die for them, but they will go to jail with me and I don't want that to happen. I got to separate myself from these people because everyone around him, one dude just got out 10 years, other dude 20 years, the other dude 15 years. Mm -hmm. And he's like, damn, if someone throws something on stage these guys will jump them and I still get in trouble because they're part of my entourage. Right. Right. And then the other part of this story, not of the Master Square Garden, but this whole segment, DJ Vlad is the person doing the interviews that is getting a lot of these rappers incriminated. DJ Vlad is a tabloid hip hop journalist. He interviews rappers, actors, entertainers, and even notorious gangsters all of whom whose lights has seemingly dimmed and are still trying to cash in on their name. He mm. is known for various wild interviews. Off the top, um, he's he did the interview with Orlando Brown, where Orlando Brown is obviously on meth, obviously on all types of drugs, talk about how him and Raven Simone were being all nasty, but just mm. saying wild shit. He's just a wild, spicy, tabloid journalist. And... Uh, but DJ Vlad's base is getting rappers to talk about their criminal past, street stuff like he's he doing interviews with like phase on love and phase on love is saying stuff to davies calling him a fake crip and saying he needs to watch out for bloods it's just basically like street gossip right and in mm-hmm. the case of the casanova interview with vlad and it's suspected that the interview has played a part in casanova being arrested on conspiracy then this is on conspire conspiring of terrible acts of violence that's the actual charge conspiring of terrible acts of violence. So this is, this is a really, um, it's a deep topic. And um, like a lot of stuff that comes up on this show, it could, it could be its own um, full episode, but you know, the, the atmosphere of hip hop um, is one of the biggest uh, criticisms to it as an art form. Yeah. Um, Because uh, there's, I'm I'm looking just on, on Wikipedia and we, we went through this a couple of episodes ago, but um, there was a 2015 study that concluded murder is was the cause of 51.5% of American hip-hop musician deaths. Oh, shit. And this is just accounting mm-hmm. for premature deaths because most hip-hop musicians haven't yet lived long enough to be like to die of old, you know. Yeah, they're mad. Heart yeah. failure, liver failure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the oldest rappers are like Dre, Snoop, you know, because it's a Generation X thing. Mm-hmm. So um, they're still pretty young, but... Yeah, premature deaths, over half of those have been murdered. And um, I, I, my, I've I, mentioned to you, Jude, that I'm currently working on a research paper with my professor, uh, Melvin Williams, which is about um, homis- homicide survivorship and these, like, these, uh, the idea of bereavement strategies, yeah. you know, and hip hop as a strategy of, mm-hmm. of grief processing, yeah. but then also, like, the ways in which certain rappers like we went through a whole bunch of songs and there were certain rappers who were like expressing they would go from expressing um uh empathy and remorse 
and um, and sadness about Nipsey's death. This is specifically related to Nipsey Hussle. Yeah. And then they would they would transition into wanting to get revenge on the guy who killed him, right? Yeah. And talking about like taking him out or like keeping dudes around them who they know are like shooters and like who are ready, you know. So it's like this culture of violence that that, that surrounds hip hop, and even even though when hip hop was born, it it was. A piece well, off, well, right? at least, a, at least, a, yes. I was going to say, in the West Coast, is where gangster rap started. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but over but, here, yeah. instead of shooting each other in the street, they would, you know, do b boy battles. Yeah, be, and it was, that would and be the fight. It's even like exactly, getting on my head, doing backflips, popping, locking, and then exactly. killing the dude on the mic. Like your shoes yeah. ugly, your mom is ugly. Da 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 da. <laughs> and even before that. You know, you had um, the Sugar Hill Gang, mm-hmm. and you know people like the the old heads rapping about like don't do drugs, this, that, and the third. Yeah, the heavy so D. like, right. So like, gangster rap came out of the West Coast, and it was an articulation of a, of an authentic experience, mm-hmm. which which worked for that time. Now, which it's twenty twenty, not every rapper is a gangster like that, or at least not in the same way. They mm-hmm. might be trapping. That's different, but. Um, Still, it's like you, they almost want some rappers want to want to aspire to that because they feel like it gives them more credibility in the genre so they can rely more on their life. It's been like that for their lyricists. It's been like that ever since West Coast rap came out, which is really weird. Like, like after a while, you're just kind of like, yo, like we've been on this road before of rappers going in and out of jail, 50 Cent getting shot nine times. He was still. He was on Columbia Records when he got shot. He was signed to Jam Master J when he got shot, and then, and then he's still, and then this thing is still going on, right? Like, when, yeah. like when does it stop? How do you feel, Ahmad? Well, I definitely feel like it is definite. It is. I don't know when we're gonna tell ourselves that this is getting old. <laughs> you know, turn to a rapper. Talking about you're talking about like all types of other stuff. How you grew up in, quote unquote, a Section Eight household. You got all these guns around, hang with these people in the music video. You got everybody with guns in the video to make yourself mm-hmm. feel like you're a part of the gang, but clearly you're not. Mm-hmm. Um, and you see all of these young rappers now who got guns around too. There was one that right. just happened before. There's one kid who's 12 years old. He's going to jail now because he, I think he uh, tried to shoot a baby. Oh, yeah, I heard that. That was insane. You know? And they they showed the, the Zoom call of him, like, achieving his, like, like getting his sentence. And he's not even hard. He was crying his eyes out on the Zoom call. Crying mm-hmm. his eyes out. To me, I'm getting, I'm getting real tired of these people, like, rapping about the same thing over and over again, literally over and over again. The Kendricks and the Coles and the, these guys are the minority, like the people who are actually, you know, the Rhapsodies, no name, they're elevating the art where it's, 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 it's more about you. Yes. You are talking about something real and real things. You know, I mean, Kendrick is not like sanitized. He grew up in Compton. Like he's talked about his experiences with and around, yeah. you know, the street. But um, he's also not getting on the mic and talking about, you know, yeah, I got, 
You know what I mean? I got mags, mags in my. I got Benjamin Justin's Justin's rapper hands. Justin's rapper hands. It's funny you. It's funny you mentioned Michael Jai White, um, Ahmad, because uh, he he's talked about being like he he used to be an educator, um, before he became a teacher. I mean, before he became an an actor. actor. Nice. And um, he uh, he's talked about how he loves hip hop personally, but that he can't endorse it because he sees like the mental effect that it has on young men particularly. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I think that like, you know, if you, it, it's, it's difficult to make a statement about like, is, is hip hop killing, is hip hop killing black people? No, you know, I think no. it's, I, I don't know if it's hip hop doing anything. Cause hip hop is a, is a genre. It's a, it's an idea. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, like but real quick, did Marilyn Mansell shoot up Columbine? Well, I see. Well, because they because the Columbine shooters were 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 you know it was a culture, it's a genre, you know it Mm -hmm. didn't you know did any of those school shootings or any of those crazy little white boys listen to those listen listen to that music? Is it that music's fault that some of those kids killed themselves, shot up schools? Mm -hmm. No. Well, yeah, because you're and and I want to hear what you have to say, Ahmad. But to your to your point, um, Jude, I was actually reading up on the um on the development of. Uh, like emo rock and mm-hmm. screamo, and that that also had a um, like we like people always focus on hip hop and like the outward destruction I guess that people associated with it caused. Yeah. But then when you look at stuff like that, it was causing a lot of inward destruction. Yeah, people were because sometimes the singers were promoting depression, self self harm, you know, abuse, negative thoughts, like. It's so it was just the other way around, yeah. but that's not talked about as much. And then you've had certain certain rock singers, musicians come out and be like, you know, I, oh, this is why I don't even identify with that genre because it has all these negative connotations to it. You know, so you're absolutely right. It's not. It's not. Let's actually continue with that example, right? It's like I'm I'm singing a rock song and I'm talking about like how I've had suicidal thoughts. I'm not. Now I can do this and not know or expect that this song will become, you know, viral, so to speak. Yeah, that the anthem, will, yeah. Yeah, and then, like, now all of a sudden, I'm in a position where I have to be a spokesperson for something mm-hmm. when all I was doing was trying to vent yeah, and, express you know, and express myself. So in the same way, it's like, okay, when I look at rap, that's that's the thing that has to be distinguished in hip-hop is, like, are you rapping... Because there's all there's like braggadocio rap, right? Where you're mm-hmm. talking about like everything that you have and like everything that you've done and whatever, versus like rapping about oh like ex- real experiences. But either way, are you doing that because it's authentic and you need to express this from a from a point of passion, or are you doing it to try to prove something to somebody or to try to like, you know what I mean? And in that is how we is how we can determine who's responsible or not. You know what yeah. I mean? Maybe. But how do you feel, Ahmad? You've been chewing on a thought for a little bit. <laughs> well, um, I definitely feel like, uh, as we were talking about certain movies, as as what Jude was saying, you know, with uh, Marilyn Manson, um, mm-hmm. but also with like music all around of how it can affect a person's psyche. I I can tell like there are some. Well, let me start off with. As for what uh, Michael Jawa was saying, how it affects young men with with hip hop, but pretty sure he yeah. means rap. Um, 
when it comes to certain songs, like there's songs that can get you hype. There's songs right. that can get you on, on on your way to work or there's certain rap songs that just put you in that mood. Certain songs you can just play in, in the gym, get your body moving. Like there's some hard songs that I be rocking with when I'm in the gym. It just gets me going. Not that I listen to it on the regular and then I'm talking about <laughs> what was was one song that um well almost almost like what a Casanova song called Red Dot. That song the the lyrics in that song is something else. <laughs> it is something else. You know? He's like uh he said, I should have gave that boy a headshot. He's like First of all, like, wow, you just talking about he's not doing no more. He's like, I'm not doing no more neck shots. I'm going for headshots. But when I'm in the gym, I'm in that place talking about headshots. <laughs> we have been around certain songs like that when we were young, too. Like, yeah. gangster rap, as you said, has been around for 20 years. Mm-hmm. There's nothing new. Oh. Yeah, over thirty at this point. It's over thirty. Over thirty. It's nothing new. It's it. It might have to be like up to probably the next next generation to change some because people have already gotten into the 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 vibe of listening to those type of songs. Already yeah. Gen Z people already listening to it. Like blame TikTok, please. But um. It's gonna be there. It's gonna be there for for quite some time. And how you think it's a matter of perspective, though? Like you're saying, like I can, like you, Ahmad, can listen to you know uh, a record that's about flipping bricks, and you know that's not your life. But if it goes hard and you need motivation in the moment, then like you can separate that from your actual life. Of course, yeah, I can. Right. I can but you, do that. But how do you, but how do you think like you learned to do that? Right. And do you think it's a matter of like exposure? Like if people are getting, cause well, I, I mean, I grew up different in that, you know, I wasn't, I didn't start listening to rap until I was well into high school. Mm-hmm. The first rap song I ever listened to first rap album, I think like I seriously sat down and listened to, I've said this before was good kid, mad city. I probably heard rap songs here and there before then, of course, mm-hmm. but like, it was always something that was kind of taboo for me. Mm-hmm. But I got to a point where, and because that was the first one, I was like, oh, like I've heard all this negative stuff about rap and about hip hop, but here's someone who's doing it in a way that's different. Mm-hmm. And I can I can rationalize this. And then from there, yeah, now I can go and listen to the occasional Freddie Gibbs, <laughs> Freddie Gibbs, I mean, record or, <laughs> you know, Dave East or, you know, whatever, because I know that like, it's not my it's not my lifestyle. I don't have a desire for that lifestyle, but do you think that it's a matter of exposure? Like when we, when we let people, so to speak, listen to hip hop? Well, as you were saying, like the people you listen to, I started listening to Busta at like a young age, like Busta, I was listening to Busta Rhymes, listening to, uh, like the, the, the more the local rappers, like, you know, more like, you know, Tupac, Biggie, like those are people that we had in, in the household too. And, you know, the, the some of the people that like I didn't really listen to later on was like you know, well, Ludacris was in the household too. But like you know, Bubba Sparks or Method Man, Red Man. I was not listening to Method Man or Red Man because anytime I put it on, my mom was like, "Turn it off." But <laughs> um, I definitely feel like it'll definitely take the person the 
did the power to separate the lyrics for, uh, of the song with like the vibe it gives you, like the energy it brings mm-hmm. to you. Um, that's what you're saying. Like for me in, in the gym, I can definitely, I'm literally channeling that type of energy or that type of vibe from the music and putting it into the set that I'm doing or the rep and, and the reps that I'm like trying to achieve. Cause it gives me that, that more of that, more of that anger, like that, 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 that grind. I'm yeah. putting it onto that and I'm leaving it there. When yes. I leave the gym. Mm. But people, they listen to it on a daily basis. That's different. And they I'm have it in that. their heads. And- <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you know, I listen real quick. I'm sorry. I listen to Griselda, Freddie Gibbs, freaking Kendrick, anything wild, anything crazy. I will listen to it on my way to teach a mommy and me swimming class. I am weak. <laughs> but maybe that but but also like well didn't you I mean as far as like as far as all the Griselda stuff, that's like a recent, relatively recent development for you, right? I mean you haven't been listening to that I've been, very, very long. No, I haven't listened to that for, for very, very long. But also I became a swimming instructor last year and I really started listening to Griselda last year. <laughs> <laughs> so, There's a relationship. <laughs> yeah, like Bro, I I swear I will be on my way to work listening to boom 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 to and then singing Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, yeah, it gets yeah. you right. It gets you right for for the morning too. Like if for him saying he took uh, a mommy and me class, I'm teaching these little kids brought um show tunes. But mm-hmm. in the in the back of my head, when I'm on that train and I'm about to get to to the damn door. I'm over here bumping some 21. I'm over here. <laughs> I'm, yeah, me? I'm over here bumping some, some Birdman or some Juvenile or some Jeezy. And the fact where I'm about, to, I'm about to bust some Aladdin in this class with these kids. And they're like, oh, Mr. Amon. You ain't never had a friend. Never had a friend. Exactly. No, absolutely. I mean, and, and I have like a specific, all of my my most intense rap music is in is like you said in my workout playlist and you know mm-hmm. if i'm if i'm trying to do some intense like cardio stuff for my shadow boxing whatever that's where that goes um so yeah i mean i think it is contextual but yeah jude it's just going back to your topic overall like yeah i do think that the that the point stands that rappers are in danger and that there needs to be more education mm-hmm. amongst them as to like listen i'm not gonna tell you what to do and not to do with your life necessarily but I am trying to communicate with you about the smart way to go about it. And maybe don't go into interviews bragging about, you know, or getting goaded into saying something that you shouldn't say. And there's two questions right. I have with this also. They get paid at DJ Vlad to do those crazy interviews. And mm. one of the questions is, why is it you need to stay relevant like this? Why can't there be, just like middle class, wor- a working class boxer, why can't you really be a working class hip-hop artist or musician every other genre can have a working class element to it a working class scene but not hip-hop and then the other question is with these entourages why do rappers feel like that's how they can help their friends that have that 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 aren't as fortunate as them Mm -hmm. why like all right i'm gonna immediately show my friends this fast life immediately show them the strip club the concerts the parties uh the road yeah. but you know because that's that's how that's how success is is 
measured is marketed yeah. to them. And once they, once one of them gets it, that's all they're thinking about. I don't know if a boogie, for example, is taking time to think about, okay, maybe not, maybe I don't have any friends who can rap, but like, what are their actual interests mm-hmm. besides just hanging out with me all the time? Yeah. Like, how can I put them on in a real way? <laughs> like, right. How can I, even if it's, even if it's not with me, like maybe someone, you know, really turns out they have a passion for photography or they want to get a trade and something like you can use your resource to plug people in other ways so that they're not always relying on you. And then you have this intense, unhealthy loyalty to one person, which forces you to become more violent about their well-being. Because if they go, you go. You know what I mean? If if a boogie gets shot, that's all of our money in 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 a certain way, because we don't have, we can't sustain ourselves otherwise so mm-hmm. i i think that that's that's where it is for me it's like it's kind of it's short-sighted or, or narrow narrow-minded in that you're not thinking about okay yeah i want i want to see my friends succeed but they're it's a parasitic relationship yeah it, it, it should be it should be that once i'm up okay this is what I'm doing guys. And like, I'm not trying to leave y'all behind, but I'm also not like necessarily just trying to latch y'all to me. So mm-hmm. what is it that y'all want to do? You know, it's guidance, it's guidance. And sometimes that means that you need to go outside of your circle for help. But not everybody wants to do that because trust issues, especially in the black community. Yeah. Especially because like, they feel like they feel like their rappers delight <laughs> is, um, you know, as you said, the fast life, going to clubs, mm-hmm. going to the strip clubs, throwing the money up, going to these concerts, throwing um, throwing these bands, so showing that you got bitches, right. having these Instagram videos with all these women in, in your music videos. Rather booty, than, booty, booty, booty everywhere. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I bow to you, Miss Lou Booty. But um, <laughs> it's 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 just like that's that's how it's gonna be, you know. When when it comes to certain people like. He's 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 not a rapper, but like it's something that rappers should do. Like Kevin Hart, yeah. with his whole team, he brought his whole team with him, and all of them are growing, like on their own. In like he has, he was the one that was at the top. He says, "You're coming with me, and you're gonna grow with me individually." Like any any type of artist, like um, Roddy Rebel just got out now he's like in the studio getting stuff like that but his boys got all it's, it's just like following him around now mm-hmm. i feel like once he gets that popularity you know bobby schmerner is going to come back out both of them going to be on top and they're going to have all their boys from the hood follow them around do the exact same thing yeah like everybody else right. exactly that's what, and it's funny to me because I said this when I saw the the video of 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 homeboy coming out of jail, and he goes right to the studio, and it meant one of my friends was like, nah, he probably got six years worth of what 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 the raps to put on there. I was like, if I just got out of jail, I want to go to bed. <laughs> I want to get I want to get a meal from my favorite spot. I don't want to yeah. go to no I don't want to go to on on to no studio, and that that's what it is like. This is this is the this is literally like the rapper's life. Yeah. You rap about all this gangster stuff, and you do the music videos and all that. You got all these guns in your house in your household. <laughs> and when you get caught, you go to jail. And you come back out, keep rapping about the same thing, 
probably rap about the stuff in jail. Mm-hmm. And it's the same. It's a cycle. Yeah, it's definitely a cycle, and it, it's not. I'm pretty pretty sure it's it won't change for quite some time. I was gonna say that. I mean, I think this just proves, you know, what what we sometimes say, but maybe not loud enough. That not everybody needs to be a rapper. If if you can't, <laughs> if you can't, but, you know what? And but that's like, yeah, that's like again because especially with black men, that seems like it's one of the only options. Like you need to be able to hoop or spit 16. And then if you can't do either one of those, then you have to be a shooter. And at that point you get wrapped up with one of the other two, mm-hmm. but like people don't know that there are other paths besides, you know, being able to do either one of those Literally. things. So, well, look at the three of us. <laughs> Yay. And on that note, we'll go to break. We'll be back later with some real, with some real nerd stuff. (laughs) I'm so excited about this. Oh, (laughs) yes. All right. And we're back. Uh, We wanted to talk about, like I said up top, you know, we're all, uh, we all have our, you know, our geeky interests here and there. And um, Disney, which is quickly becoming one of the largest entertainment conglomerates, in the world, uh, which, the yeah, largest entertainment I mean, conglomerate, nigga, this is monopoly. Yeah, yeah, and that that has implications overall that we'll get into later. But uh, they had a recent, um, I guess, like investors pr- uh, presentation or something like that, and they were talking mm-hmm. about the new products that they have going on, um, and they dropped a lot of information about Marvel. Um, so I'll of just course. I'll just read off the list of some of the announcements they've made for uh, for TV productions. And and movies, so get ready, get your oh, popcorn. Yeah. So some of these, were, right. somebody we already knew about, but some are entirely new. For Disney yeah. Plus, we got WandaVision, January fifteenth, cool. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier in March, Loki sometime in the summer. Then we have an animated series called What If, which is going to take scenarios and create them. What if T'Challa was Star Lord instead? What if uh, uh, cool. you know stuff like that? We got She Hulk. I'm excited about. We got Hawkeye, Moon Knight, Miss Marvel, Ironheart, Armor Wars, Secret Invasion. Then for movies, we got Shang-Chi and the Legend of the mm-hmm. Ten Rings, Black Shout Widow, out. Eternals, yes. Thor, Love and Thunder, Captain Marvel 2, Black wow. Panther 2, Ant-Man and Damn. the Wasp, Quantumania, Spider-Man 3, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, and the Fantastic Four. Wow. So quite a lot. I want to ask off top, fellas, which announcements and or trailers excited you the most fantastic four and ant-man and the wasp that and moon knight oh my god wow talk about it wow first off talk we're gonna talk it. about mr jonathan majors honestly yes, sir. came out of he didn't come out of nowhere but he just came he came out of nowhere for me because i still did, mm. i still have not seen the last black man in san francisco i was told to watch that pretty sure it was a really good film but I got put on to him when I saw Lovecraft Country, which is yes. a great show. Now, when I saw that, and I was like, this dude is awesome. This is an awesome dude. And he lives in Harlem. That's the crazy part. Well, Word? yes, <laughs> yes. And so it's like him being Kang the Conqueror, honestly, fire. one of like, like he, he's going to be a diabolical dude. Like, I don't mean to like put that that word if it's not Buster Rhymes, but he's gonna be a diabolical <laughs> villain, and it's gonna be so. 
Yeah, so so there's I'm excited for that. there's going to be a lot of it, uh, uh, explaining here and there for this segment of the of the show, folks. Uh, strap in. Uh, first thing first, I guess we'll go with Jonathan Majors. He's an actor, like Ahmad said. Uh, he kind of got attention, I think, at least on the screen from uh, Last Black Man in San Francisco. It's one of my favorite movies. Um, uh, it's a really good story about just you know um, legacy and this guy trying to reclaim his family home in this mm-hmm. gentrifying neighborhood. So it, it spoke to me a lot. Um, and then he got really famous for Lovecraft Country. Uh, he's a he's a black actor with a theater background, built like yep. you wouldn't believe. And he's going to be playing uh, this villain, Kang the Conqueror, who's a time-traveling uh, warlord in Marvel Comics. He's, most frequently, we see him as an enemy of the Fantastic Four um, mm-hmm. but and the Avengers, but they're using him with Ant-Man and the Wasp. I guess because, you know, um, they need to give them a reason to have another movie. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> That was solid. T.I. was funny in that. Fantastic <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Four, I am extremely excited because everybody's been waiting on a good Fantastic Four movie because I know oh, it yeah. should be possible. And I mean, I people, people, it, it people generally be. say that, like, there has been one and it was The Incredibles. And yeah. so that's why I was like, they need to get Brad Bird to direct it. Uh, oh, he'll yeah. Just, he'll just do it again. But um, be great. yeah, I'm, I'm, I am cautiously optimistic for it. Um, I think with the right, you know, I mean, obviously it's, it's of, of all the Marvel groups, I would say like the Fantastic Four and the X-Men both have it where it is really a family unit. Mm-hmm. And so it's these people that have been living with each other for a long time and they're bound by a common experience and there's like so i think that it's it's going to come down to the cast and the script to really make it um there are certain things about the fantastic four that seem ridiculous or outdated but i think when you try to make it like real when yeah and gritty that's when you're like you just have to lean into what it is like yeah it's silly that there's a man who can stretch his body a hundred feet that's fine he and you know and that he's like one of the smartest people on the planet lean into it let it be what it is instead of trying to turn it into something different. I mean, mm-hmm. and that's, I think, why that old, that Fantastic Four movie in 2015 uh, was so horrendous. Yeah, I mean, I'll say for me, um, yeah. I was excited about, um, I mean, all of these are, are, are interesting to me in, in some way or another. But if I were going to pick three like you did or four, um, Aside from the the Disney Plus stuff that's coming out, like I, I Omar, I'm like WandaVision, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I'm gonna watch. But I think She Hulk's gonna be fire. I'm excited about um, Shang Chi because um, they're gonna have the Mandarin in there, the real one. Mm, uh, for real? And yeah, yeah. Right. So they were talking about after Iron Man three. You know, uh, the Mandarin is he's pretty much Iron Man's arch nemesis, but it was in this time of like increasing social awareness and stuff and they were like do we really want to have someone who's like a fu manchu stereotype and he's mm. like you know this asian warlord with you know maybe we don't want to do that so that's why they switched it up in iron man 3 but they have since retconned and said oh no the real mandarin does exist and so now he'll be played in this movie by um tony leung who is one of the great chinese actors and i think it, it they can still do it i mean it, it'll be kind of disappointing to not see him go against tony stark but I think what'll be interesting is that, I mean, China is a world power now. And like, you actually don't have to make it like he's some ancient mystical person. He could just be like the Chinese Tony Stark. He could be Kim Jong-un. You know I mean? Yeah, or something like that. Like, he could Korea, be I know, I, miss, I completely yeah, you know, I know what you mean. That was bad. 
I, guess, you know I, I, I just realized as I said it, but like he could be a dictator. He could be yes. Damn. He could be, I think he could be a, a Chinese, you know, businessman or or media mogul or whatever, uh, or magnate. And then he has access to this, like, you know, these 10 rings of power. I think what they might do is they might make him, I think they're making Shang-Chi his son, which is a good way to legitimize yes. that character who's kind of always been like a C-list kind of character. Yeah. You attach him to someone a bit more yeah. established. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I mean, it also kind of like, it, it maybe it, it shrinks it because it's like what all the Chinese people have to be related, but um, you know what I mean. They can't they can't just be two different Chinese people. Um, but but no, I think that, <laughs> all black people look alike. They all look yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but I think it'll it'll give hopefully it'll give the story a bit more um narrative. It's good though. Um, I like that. Importance. Yeah, I, I yeah man, the Shang Chi thing is really exciting. Now they did also announce that they have decided not to officially decided not to recast Chadwick Boseman. Um, as T'Challa and to proceed with the I'm, with the story. I'm totally cool. now, I was actually talking to um, my boy Wes, who's been on the show before. Listeners uh, will know about it because I was when 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 Chadwick first died this year. Not first died when I first heard about it. Rather, um, I was like, oh yeah, no, they can't recast him because it's going to seem too much like they're just pulling out one person and plugging another person in to keep the franchise going. And then the more I started to think about it. Right is why I brought it to Wes. I was like, I'm wondering if we, because I can see that on one hand, and then on the other hand, I'm wondering if we're we're doing Chadwick a disservice by attaching him to this fictional character mm. and saying, like, if the character dies, I mean, if the actor dies, the character also dies. You know, the way he responded, I really appreciate it because um, he was saying basically the same thing I said at first, which is like, yeah, it would. it's too soon anyway. Even if they did want to continue with T'Challa, um, it's just kind of too soon for it to not seem like nasty and corporate. Um, they'll probably go so far as to kill T'Challa off in the comics for a little bit now because mm. of just how right. how well Bozeman represented that character and that role and what it meant to people for him specifically in it um, and how it carried yeah. it, it followed him outside of you know the the franchise. And so he was saying, yeah, that it would probably be too soon. Um, and that, you know, I mean, if we're being honest, when, when we're all here, we're all 40 years old, they're probably remaking these movies anyway. So like, I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure yeah, we'll yeah. get another T'Challa at some point, but yeah, I think it's ultimately the right decision to, it was always probably going to go to Shuri anyway. Um, now what's interesting is Letitia Wright recently posted some anti-vaxxer tweet. Um, and so right. now people are wondering whether or not that's going to affect her status um, I was I was kind of looking at the way that they've set up the MCU and how they've characterized people. Mm -hmm. Shuri in the movies, uh, Black Panther's little sister, very different from Shuri in the comics. Um, Shuri in the movies is a lot sweeter. She's more nerdy. I mean, they're all smart anyway, but she's more like into the tech. She's she's younger. Um, Shuri in the comics is very hot headed, very much more physical already. So that when she takes over for Black Panther, it makes sense. So I was wondering, will they do it with Shuri or will they do it with Okoye, the Danai, the Danai Gurira's oh. character? You know, or will they or, do it or with Lupita? Yeah, with Nakia, Lupita's character. Like any three of them could do it and I'd be okay with it. Um, but I also right. think that like Danai and Lupita have both already proven like that physic they have that physicality. Mm -hmm. Um so 
you know, I'd be fine seeing Shuri stay, like, remain the cue to to the James Bond character where she's just yeah. making all the gadgets. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. How do mm-hmm. you feel? How do y'all feel about that? Would you want to see? Because I think Letitia Wright is a fantastic actress. Um, so I'd want to see her, you know, come up. I would definitely, I would, I would love to see either one of them play Black Panther. I, for me, I would love to see Danny play because I, I loved her. I love her overall. She's fantastic actress. So and fine. Also, yeah. she is so <laughs> fine. Um, <laughs> and like for either one of them, like you know, Lupita, cool. Le, uh, Letitia Wright, I it, it it doesn't it well was it white or, or right? right? Right. Okay. So it's it's uh either one of them. It is totally fine. And and so when as you said with with like the Black Panther comics, uh, yeah. If we get to the age of like forty or stuff like that, maybe one of us could be here. They I'm, might remake ooh, it. And they're gonna need a, a, an adult. They're gonna they're gonna need a grown man to play <laughs> Black Panther. So by the way, just to just to plug this, did I ever tell either of y'all that I saw Lupita Nyong'o in person? No. Um, I was. I think I was did. invited to. In, I was invited to a, a taping of Inside the Actors mm-hmm. Studio by a friend of mine, and so it was Lupita Nyong'o getting interviewed by Uzo uh, Adoba from Orange Is the New Black. I think she plays Crazy mm-hmm. Eyes on that show. Yeah. Um, and Lupita Nyong'o just as beautiful. She got you pregnant by looking at you. Uh, yes. <laughs> I was. I was Damn. way in the back, like in the bleachers, up on the. But it was a small studio, and I could see her very mm-hmm. clearly. Um, so yeah, I, any of them, I think like any of those characters could have a, a very clear narrative, um, reason to become the new Black Panther and any of those actresses could, could carry the franchise. I don't want them to, I, I don't want them to bring back Michael B. Jordan. Nah. I don't, I, or, or if, or if Killmonger comes and not because anything against Michael B. Jordan, but the Killmonger character served a very specific purpose for that movie and to bring him back and especially to bring him back and make him Black Panther would just it would be like undoing everything that it'd be know, like Vegeta becoming Goku or something. Yeah, like right. it just wouldn't really it wouldn't jive. So I, I hope that they leave him I hope they leave him dead. Um and there are other villains in Black Panther. Well, that I mean there's I'm, like I don't know many other villains, but you can they have a thousands and thousands yeah, of villains. They would have to I think what they're gonna because they did use his most famous ones in the first movie. They used Claw, Killmonger, and Manape in the in the first movie. I've heard rumors that they'll pull Craven oh. from the Spider-Man gallery and make him a Black Panther villain. Ooh. That's cool, but um, I'm I, I associate Craven with Spider-Man, and I feel it'd be a yeah. little out of place. Same. Yeah. The, the well, the only thing is that like because a lot of people like um, Craven's last last hunt hunt is a, is a famous comic series that i haven't read personally but i actually need to do it because i have marvel unlimited so i should be able mm-hmm. to find it but that's a story that requires mm-hmm. a mature spider-man the spider-man we have right now is still in high yeah. school so if they want to use right. craven in a way that can actually can give him like some real meat to chew on they might give him the black panther because he can mm-hmm. like you know that's a more mature uh movie series than spider-man is right now they could just make someone entirely new or some composite of characters. Um, one thing that I uh, oh yeah, go ahead. I, I was I was gonna be like if if they have well as we were talking about Marvel, you know within uh the 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 universe of Spider Man, you know they they're creating like a spider a spider multiverse with it right. with like you yeah, know that was and, the next Andrew thing Garfield, Tobey Maguire. 
what if at the time, you know, Craven could be facing Toby, you know, if they want a mature yeah. Spider Man, it's probably he's probably maybe Toby could be doing some some shit. And I remember Toby, he said he wanted like 15 mil to be in a Spider Man movie. Pay me. So for him to come back as Spider Man, oh, what? Yeah, so, and then facing the Raven? Let's get into that next year because that's, that's, that's been a that's big what I'm thing. excited for. Lots of I've been a Spider Man since yeah. day one. I love yeah. Spider Man. I relate to him the most out of any comic character that relates to uh, Peter Parker, Spider Man the most. You know, there was a mm-hmm. there was a clip I posted. You can find it in, on my Instagram in my highlights. When Stan Lee died, there was a clip I posted from an interview where he was talking about the design of Spider-Man and how he intentionally wanted him to have a mask so that any... I mean, like, yeah, there were times in the comics where he took it off, but he wanted any kid to be able to, like, imagine that they were mm-hmm. under that mask, you know, mm-hmm. versus having, like, Batman, he's got the chin, you can see he's a white dude. You know, Superman, you can see he's a white dude. Pull the full mask over... That could be, yeah, you know, know. Yeah. and and I think that that was really smart. Um, and obviously now we've seen Spider Man has been he's been one, you know, there's been Spider Women, there's been Spider Gwen, Spider Pig, um, and obviously Miles Morales, which I'll I'll jump to in a second. But yeah, uh, Peter Spider Man has always been relatable because, I mean, not only because of like the high school thing, but then like even when he did become an adult, he's a working class superhero. You know, he's not Tony Stark. He's right. not dude's got bills. He's you know he's got a He's got to basically support his, you know, his aunt who's living on, you know, fixed yeah. income. And then he's got to, you know, try to hold down a household with Mary Jane or whoever. Mm-hmm. He's he's going through real stuff. And, he, and he's one of those superheroes. The reason I like I mean, my favorite, my two favorite superheroes are Silver Surfer and Daredevil. But I love superheroes that feel like they're yeah. New Yorkers. And Spider-Man and Daredevil both feel like that. You know, Luke mm-hmm. Cage, too. Like, they feel like you could walk outside and you could run into Daredevil. Oh, what's up, dude? You know, and. You dap him up, even though he's blind, he cannot see where your hand is. Like, I jacked that Spider-Man to the Queensbridge projects. <laughs> I jacked that. What part, of, what part of Queens is Spider-Man from? Queensbridge projects yeah, with Ron Artest, Nas, <sighs> Mob Deep. I, that's where I jacked. Parker was the only white boy in Queensbridge. I always assumed he was from Astoria. Astoria. <laughs> I always assumed he was from Astoria, nah, but I, credit. Like, yeah, I know. Hood. We should ask LD about this because LD is from Queens. I know he, he I'm just saying. Just look how huh? much Smack mm-hmm. Spider Man talks. Yeah, no, he definitely. He be roasting these villains. He be roasting these villains. You know, <laughs> he learned how to roast at an early age. Yeah, but I, I, I think the thing about the Spider Verse thing that's tricky is so like yeah, into the Spider Verse. That's one of my favorite movies of all time. Period. Yes. That movie is fantastic. Story, yeah. And I think what's tricky about this is that if they try to do that exactly the same, it's not no. going to work. Because mm. you because already the thing that is compelling about Into the Spider-Verse is that you have all of these completely different beings who are only bound by the fact that they were all bitten by the spider and like they have the same powers. But like and that's what makes it interesting. All of, you know, Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, and Tom Holland all played roughly the same version of Peter Parker. The movies themselves maybe had different tones, but they were all playing the white kid from Queens who lived with his aunt and, you know, whatever. Obviously, outside of the fact that it's just the meta satisfaction of seeing all three generations of Spider-Man on screen together, narratively, it's got to do something else to make it worth spending all that money yeah. <laughs> and then mm-hmm. and then they're saying that they got alfred molina back for doc ock um I like that. 
I mean, I think what's really cool about this is that they're realizing that Raimi pretty much cast every role almost perfectly. <laughs> like, yeah. like Alfred Molina was a perfect Doc Ock. Um, Willem Dafoe was a fantastic Green Goblin. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. Uh, even even uh, um, I can't remember the actor's name, but the Sandman guy. He was pretty good. He was pretty good. Oh, um, something church. Thomas uh, Church. Thomas. The one L. Yeah, Thomas Hill Church. Hayden the church. one L was Topher Grace Venom. Venom. It's the yeah. one L. You know what? Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's a significant four. Little skinny ass Venom. <laughs> <laughs> Emaciated. Look. But you know what's crazy? I go back and watch Spider Man Three now, and it it doesn't hurt as much as it did when I was a nah, kid. it's cool. Because there have mm-hmm. been so many worse uh, superhero movies since then. Yeah, like Amazing like, Spider Man Two. Would... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's why when they said like oh jamie fox is coming uh, back I was no like, no ew 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 and i you know you know what they might do they might cut to like a certain fight that andrew that 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 spider-man so. you know? <laughs> right it was like spider-man it's like, what if what if thomas will tom hollis captain just go ew yeah. <laughs> I guess the thing is because they're trying to do this multiverse thing, like it could be any permutation of that character. Like right. we already saw Doc Ock die in Spider-Man Two, but this could be a different Doc Ock that's played by Alfred Molina and you know comes from a different universe. So we'll see how that works. Another thing I'm excited about Ironheart. Uh, I, I talked about this on Instagram, yes. but I actually know the young woman who got cast in that role. Who is it? Yeah, uh, her name is um, Dominique. Dominique Thorne, she goes by, and she actually was in, again to bring up Wes. She was in a table read that Wes was putting on for one of his scripts. Uh, so he he got he reached out to a bunch of his actor friends, and we got on Zoom one day and we read through his uh, his screenplay. And she and I were playing uh, siblings. Um, and yeah, so we we stayed connected after that. But when I heard, you know, Wes, first of all, Wes texted me like, "Oh, dude, the girl who played your sister in in the in the cookout, uh, she got cast as Ironheart." And I said. Uh, what and then I felt and then I saw it on Twitter and I was like um yeah so to find out about that super amazing I'm and she looks like a perfect you know right for the role yeah yeah maybe um, Williams because people were worried that like they cat you know there's always like that issue of colorism in Hollywood right so people yeah. were concerned that they cast like Yara Shahidi or Amanda Stenberg or one mm-hmm. of the Willow Smith you know someone who's lighter and 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 whatnot and Riri has typically been drawn at least originally as a dark-skinned uh, black woman, so a black girl, she was like 15. Um, so yeah, it'll be really great to see her. I will say, um, to get into stuff that I am not necessarily looking forward to, I guess the the Captain Marvel 2 announcement, I was like... It's all right. I was watching something about that. Um, how it was, she, she didn't have a solid character. It was almost that she was the strong female character, but for only the fact that she's strong and she has those abilities of kicking ass and exactly. there's no development within her. Captain Marvel, the first movie I thought was super dry. I thought it was good. Um, I like the, I like, I like the, um, scroll message. I like the, uh, kind of the message of immigrants, the, the metaphor. What I was dis, what took me off guard with that. And, and, and I, we've had to accept like comic fans have had to accept for years now that the MCU is not doing direct adaptations anymore they're pretty much creating their own canon. So like, it's not, things aren't going to be exactly the same as they were on the page. But when, I, as soon as they started talking about the scrolls, I was thinking about Secret Invasion, which is one of these series that they've announced. Yeah. And Secret mm-hmm. Invasion, for those who don't know, was a comic series where essentially it was revealed that a number of high profile superheroes 
were scrolls. Uh, they find the, you know, scrolls are these shape-shifting aliens. And so the series opens with the corpse of Elektra being discovered mm -hmm. and she's, and it's turned into a scroll. And the superhero community is confused because they're like, when did this happen? When did she get replaced? We thought that Elektra was just like a regular human being. And so it's this really cool, like paranoid, like kind of horror story. It's almost like the thing or they live where it's like, you don't know who's a scroll and who isn't. Um, and it ran for like eight issues or something, really good comic. But then I realized that they were kind of turning the scrolls into a joke. So I was like, oh, they're not, maybe they're not necessarily trying to make this a threat. So when I see secret invasion, I'm like, how are y'all adapting it? Are you trying to do it where you're just, you're seeking out regular scrolls that are in hiding? Are you, you know, that was what was, that was one of the things that disappointed me. The other thing was I thought Brie Larson, I know she's a, a good actress. I've seen her in stuff, but like you said, I think that the, there was not, the character written for her was not good. Yeah, they basically gave mm -hmm. the character like, like I mean, you know, she was like confident, she was like sarcastic, and she was od powerful, mm -hmm. right? So like, when I compare it to something like Wonder Woman, which also has an op character, but like Wonder Woman, at least in that movie, she's dealing with like, we've seen the fish out of water thing a bunch of times, too, yeah. But like, she's dealing with coming to a new world. She's dealing with self-doubt she's dealing with the love that she has for you know steve and like developing feelings there so there's something you can latch on to with that character and wonder woman like literally it's in the name like if there's any strong female character it's her so if they were able to write her in a way that a lot of people were able to enjoy i was kind of disappointed that marvel you know i in my in my opinion dropped the ball especially because i was like first of all this Black Widow movie is coming out. Y'all should have been did that. Yeah. You should have given Black Widow a movie after Winter Soldier. Right. Yeah, exactly. She's dead, and now you're doing a prequel. I I don't really you know have as much investment in it. Um, but they're I think they're using it to introduce, um, the second Black Widow, uh, played by Florence Pugh. The, the There's gonna be a second Black character. Widow. My God, yeah. I'm out of it. I thought yeah. I used to be in there. They, no, there was like a, a multitude of of Black Widows it's a whole, that were yeah, program. Yeah, and so they were all being trained and stuff like that. And was it isn't Florence like her sister or something oh, yeah. like that? Oh, I think they say sister okay. because sister like in the program. Yeah, you know she's a biological sister. Oh, okay. um, right. So it it might turn into just that her replacement. But, yeah. Um, I wanted yeah. to see. I've wanted to see, and I'll say this: Where is Namor? Yo, thank you. A Namor. They were saying that they, he. They were saying that he was gonna be in Black Panther too. That was it. He should, that that was it. He should be. That would be a great. That villain. was it. I mean, it, it, because here's the thing, Namor. The introduction of the Fantastic Four is very interesting because Fantastic Four, Black Panther's first appearance was in a Fantastic Four mm -hmm. comic actually, and he uh, mm. and he whooped all of them because they came to Wakanda and he beat them all up and then he was like, oh, your friends, never mind. Um, so that was how they introduced him. <laughs> So, but Namor, Columbus. <laughs> Namor is also, um, <laughs> yeah, the Fantastic Four were trying to con colonize. Oh, man. Head. Um, no, but Namor is obviously connected to the Fantastic Four as well. And then you also have Doctor Doom. I'd be really interested to see them talk about, like, like what, the, honestly, the way I would do it, the king is dead. There's a power vacuum. Now you have these other monarchs trying to move in on Wakanda. Yeah. And so mm -hmm. that's why, like, so you have, like, Namor maybe trying to, you have Doctor Doom mm -hmm. maybe trying to, you have Magneto maybe trying, you know what I mean? I mean, maybe not put all of them, in, but, you, like, 
Marvel has a lot of people who like own kingdoms and Latveria right. is like a that's a kingdom, you know. Usually Doctor Doom is like just trying to mind his business. He's not really trying to expand. But Namor could be trying to like take over Wakanda for whatever reason. Like, well, yeah. I feel, I feel <laughs> you know? So I would love to see Namor. Um he's he's another favorite and that dude, he's like the Vegeta of Marvel Comics. Mm-hmm. Like he's got the widow's peak and everything. <laughs> like he's, <laughs> he's, it would be Namor. fire to see him. One thing I forgot to mention, I can't believe I've got to write this down, Blade. Yeah, I'm excited for Blade. I'm tired oh. of Herschelah, though. I'm, I'm, this is the only role I, when he got cast in Luke Cage, I was like, y'all wasted him. He should have been Blade from the beginning. No, I, I just so, see him as, I just, yo, I'm just tired of seeing the same actor. The same black actor. <laughs> Every role. I'm like, when is Ahmad getting his damn shot? When is Gusta getting his damn shot? When is Amir getting Listen, his damn shot? Come on. Like, I'm on. You can be Blade. You do the straight time. backs, or you can shave your head bald, get a nice shape up with your beard, and be Blade. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they might do the 70s version where, you know, Homeboy got a fro. He had the afro, you know? yeah. <laughs> but he, had the, he had the afro with the green jacket and stuff like that. He was he was killing it. He was, he was, he was the vampire shaft. What, I, what yeah. I'm surprised about is that they're making it a film instead of a series. Um, it makes way more sense to do I, a film. They did a series with Sticky Fingers. And it was did, terrible. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty bad. It was pretty fucking bad. Yeah. So, uh, but I guess, I mean, like, because they, they had the, I mean, we'll see what happens with the Netflix characters. We don't know, like, if they're transitioning to Hulu or whatever. But, like, I could have mm. seen Blade getting, like, a Disney Plus series or a, net, or, you know, a, 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 something like a Luke Cage thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to see those characters. I want to see Daredevil come back. I want to see Iron Fist get better treatment, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones. But yeah, the Blade thing is interesting, especially if they are serious about trying to maybe shoot for R ratings on certain films. I mean, mm. it's it's tough because you have like Disney and they have to sell the kids. But, but then you can grow um, up. I mean, if you're turning into a monopoly, you can grow the fuck up sometimes. That's what that's the price you have to pay, <laughs> and you have all this stuff anyway. So it's like, yeah, maybe the kids can't watch this. They can go watch um oh Buzz Lightyear, which both of you I realize were both excited about the the Buzz Lightyear oh show. Oh my god! Thank you. Yes, yes, sir. Thank you. I'm just excited that it's yes. not gonna be um Tim Allen. Chris Evans is gonna be Buzz Lightyear. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's, it's a young one. It's a young one. But I'm it's confused when, when they talk about it being a prequel, like a. What like him before he got to it may, it, or or like yeah it, it may be him starting out like his his role as the, being a ranger it's a the character ranger. not the toy no it's the it's actual the character was like your based philosophy. on yeah I mean its own yes. uh, its own um its own uh basically a Marvel movie in Toy Story yeah 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 right. Like they had the animated series and all that, and so now I'm pretty sure they're gonna bring it. Pretty sure if you're like if you're with me on this, Jew, they probably go and start this probably even before he had his team, yeah. like just him being straight up solo space mm-hmm. ranger, mm-hmm. and probably meeting people along the way in the movie. Who knows? Who knows? And what he's happens. like first encounters with yeah. Zerg. Yes, yeah. I'm very yeah, excited yeah, yeah, yeah. for that. So it, it might be. I, that. I was kind of obsessed with Zerg when I was a kid. I just thought he looked cool. And um, it was Darth Vader. I, I, it was Darth Vader, but yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it was. Um, yep. Yeah, no, I, I never before have I seen two grown men get as excited about Buzz Lightyear <laughs> as before this recording started. If y'all could have heard, <laughs> yo, lit. <about laughs> Buzz Lightyear is the bro. man, bro. Like, who's your favorite? Toy yeah. story, people, people, what's your favorite mm-hmm. toy from Toy Story? 
No, I mean, I, I was, I like Buzz Lightyear, I guess, you know, out of all of them. Cause he's, he was the one that seemed the most capable because mm-hmm. everyone else was like a, an animal or a cowboy. So right. <laughs> Buzz Lightyear could fly. Right. So that was at least something. Bro, this um, is the love I have of Buzz Lightyear. I had a glow in the dark Buzz Light comforter when I was a little kid. Wow. I'm pretty sure I had a Buzz Lightyear action figure too. We all, I think I had every, yeah, I, I, I had the toy. I had the big toy with, with Buzz Lightyear. And his buttons with Yep, and you can fuck, yep. get his wings out. And you can put the thing yep. over his face. Yeah. Oh my God. There's a, there's a photo annoying. of me. If I can find it, I'll just send it to y'all after this. There's a photo of me posing. I used to love posing my action figures. And so there's a few photos of me. Like I had, I had staged this big fight basically between like, I don't know, Hulk and somebody else. I had a giant Hulk. I still remember. How, yo, they say scientifically. Speaking of Hulk, we're gonna talk about that. <laughs> they say they say scientifically that uh, that the sense with the strongest link to memory is smell, and I still remember how I still remember how the plastic of this Hulk action figure smelled. Like it's so weird. Wow. But yeah, so I had this giant Hulk thing, and he was fighting somebody else, and there was a bunch of people like in between and around it. I basically was setting up my own comic panel. It was kind of impressive. Anyway, <laughs> I'm pretty sure my Buzz Lightyear action figure was in the mix in that. Um, and uh, I still have a few action figures, actually. My I have my oldest one is the Thing, um, Ben Grimm, uh, and then I like I have Bishop. Ooh, um, nice! Always, I love Bishop. That could Ahmad, you could play Bishop. You could easily play Bishop. I would think about that too. I could put my hair in some twists, and it'd be yeah. a done deal. You know <laughs> you what I'm saying? Easy, do that. Um, That's easy money right yeah. there. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, Buzz Lightyear, you know, we'll see. Uh, like we said, Disney is definitely creating a monopoly. And and on that note about just in- industry stuff at large, um, one of the other things I wanted to talk, you know, rap with y'all about was the announcement that um, Warner Brothers made where they're going to release all of their films for 2021 in theaters at the same time and also on HBO Max. Oh, yeah. Yes. Like Wonder Woman. Now, I'm with this. Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman, yeah, is coming out next next Friday, yeah, uh, on HBO Max. Wow. But next year, that means Dune, Godzilla vs. Kong, um, all this other stuff, in theaters and on HBO for one month at the same time. Now, I, this does seem like kind of a, uh, a nail in the coffin for the theater industry. Yeah. Um, I think at least one theater has already gone, like one theater chain has already gone bankrupt. I don't, I, it's not AMC. AMC was bought by somebody. Um, I think mm-hmm. it might be Regal went out or, or yeah, maybe Lowe's, one of them. And so it's like, it's sad because like, it, you don't even have to be a film major to to like going to the movies and not everyone likes going. But right. It's an experience in itself. You know, going to a film on opening night, you know, or just going to some like, some busted like, you know, uh, the third weekend of some bad horror movie that you you're going to because you're not really going to watch it, but you got a shorty with you. Um, exactly. you know, these are, these are all parts of the parts of the culture. So like to have that taken away is kind of is kind of scary. I mean, I'm wondering how y'all feel about it. Do you think that like it was inevitable with, once the pandemic hit, or like do you feel like you'd be even even once we get past the pandemic, do you feel like you want to go to movie theaters oh, yeah. again or? Yeah, it's it's bro, it's it's the thrill of having other people, other random people around you, like a certain audience that that has your liking yeah. of a movie, and all of y'all are hype within like the certain climax of it and all that. Like people, like I, I would, I'm gonna miss if they don't do it no more. 
I will miss like that vibe of me being in the movie theaters with Avengers Endgame um, when everybody was screaming at the top of their lungs, meaning me, and <laughs> when the big fight was happening. When it came to like the certain animes that had movies coming out in theaters. Oh, Broly, oh man, right? Dragon Ball Broly was Broly, one. but also My Hero Academia when that came out, bro. It's literally the adrenaline that gets in you. Having with that united movies. interest, yeah. yeah. I still remember, honestly, I, I will say, I hope that this teaches people to appreciate the theater again because not just in general, like treating yes. the workers nice and treating the space well. And yes, movie tickets are expensive, but they do that also because I, I learned recently that theaters make almost none of the money that the movie itself oh, makes. Real. So all their mm-hmm. money is coming from ticket sales and from uh, concession. Yes. So that's why like popcorn is $7 um, for a small or whatever. But yeah, with movie theaters, I think what, what started happening is that we definitely saw that generally the culture was getting, I think, kind of exhausted with big blockbusters. And so mm-hmm. it's harder to impress audiences, but there's, I, there's, I've, I don't think I've had an experience yet in the theater like the first Avengers movie. Yeah, in that was a really big because oh, it was amazing. We had really never seen anything like mm-hmm. that. And like those last 20 minutes where they're fighting the aliens in New York, it's just scream after amazing. scream after scream. Infinity War was hype. I was I was out of my seat for Infinity yeah, War. When Thor showed yeah. up at Wakanda and was, you know, <laughs> with Stormbreaker? Bro, oh my god. Oh my god. And he jumped up and I was like, "Here he is." And then you know, yes. you got to Thanos, and he's wrecking shop on on Titan. I mean, that whole movie is just a, a, a roller coaster ride. Mm-hmm. Endgame, you know. Similarly, I mean, I, I remember Infinity War was comparable to the first one because the ending, no one was expecting the ending. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't think, and even though they had announced that there would be two more Avengers movies, I don't think anyone thought, oh, Thanos, he ain't gonna win. So when he snapped, and people started <laughs> dropping. and then the movie then the movie ends and it says Thanos will return we were like (laughs) (laughs) cause now cause now you're disrespecting me now you're playing with my emotions cause y'all not this is like like, did a backflip and he lost his headphones yeah man Yeah, man. And this was like the first time you ever saw a villain win. Yeah. You saw it, well, a it, it harkens back to like the Empire Strikes Back, right? If, if yeah. that's what it got compared to was when 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 Vader says, No, I'm your father, and Luke, you know, loses his hand and he has to fall he basically chooses suicide and then <laughs> to get rescued. Um, but like, yeah, it's 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 kind of one of those things where it's like, yeah, the back like maybe the good guys will win eventually, but they had to suffer this loss. Yeah. Um, and you could be cynical about it and say, oh, well, it doesn't matter because you know they're going to come back. But I'm like, it affected me. First of all, I went into that movie thinking that either Cap or Tony was going to die. So when Tony got shanked, I was like, this is it. He's going. Yeah. And he's not even going to be able to make up with, <laughs> with Steve before he goes. But he survived. Right. Um, barely. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I do hope that theaters can recoup. Um because you know i mean and there's some big stuff coming out next year i mean godzilla versus kong like i said mm. that's massive they're putting out matrix 4 whatever yeah let me let me look up what the what the warner brothers say just go ahead amok i was saying i was gonna be like because for me um as for like the theaters and also for uh 
me being a big Godzilla fan, I and I just mind you, I have two miniature Godzillas on my dresser right now, just looking at because <laughs> my uncle, my I, I blame my uncle because he has a big influence. And I I used to have this game on the PS2, um, and it was a Godzilla fighting game. Oh, mm-hmm. oh my goodness, it was so beautiful. I, I, I yeah, I think I downloaded that for half a second on PS. Uh, PS2. Dude, it's, it was so amazing at the time, and then now. You see uh, the remake of Godzilla when they first came out with the Godzilla movie, um, not the 90s version because that was trash. <laughs> Talking about like what was it, the 2015 or 2016 mm-hmm. one. Yes. Um, and the, 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 the only thing that I'm just so keen on is that roar from Godzilla. That yeah. is on point. That and then it came amped. out with the second movie. It that gets, gets you amped. I'm, once, I'm, I'm and, waiting for someone to sample Godzilla's roar and put it on a, on a hip hop track. That's what I'll that be would be amazing in the gym. That would be amazing, and I say one of the best, one of the best trailers that ever came out was the sec was Godzilla King of the Monsters. That was one of the best trailers I ever seen in my life because yes. of the classical piece that's in that as well. Yes. But Godzilla versus King Kong, I have been waiting for a long time, and I'm excited to see them both on the big screen duking it out for each other. And they'll probably get together and fight. I don't know, Destroyer or somebody at the end. Probably they might have more Godzilla monsters because there are too many of them. <laughs> there's they're they're gonna come out probably with Mecha Godzilla and Mecha King Ghidorah. Yeah, if there's one Jesus. thing the Japanese can do is make a monster. Let me tell you. Oh yes, I mean, they can make a crab monster like nobody's business. Yeah, some, of the, some right? of the movies coming out. Um, uh, the Space Jam movie. Hi, LeBron. There's a new Space Jam movie coming. Uh, with LeBron, yeah, okay. The Suicide Squad, James Gunn's uh, reboot. I heard that's gonna be good. It it should be. I'm, I'm I mean, that. I, it looks like you know. Uh, I'm excited to see. First of all, because that Harley Quinn animated series is it's fire. So if, yeah. if they if I they still gotta channel see that sleeping. energy, sleeping. <laughs> if they channel that energy, it'll be dope. Uh, they've got Dune with uh, our boy Timmy Chalamet. Um, they've got a, yeah, a Soprano yeah. sequel. Oh apparently. yeah. I mean, prequel, what's crazy prequel. about that? Real quick. Um, James Gandolfini's son is playing Tony Soprano, and that kid is Ooh. that kid was there when his father died. So this is a very cathartic I gotta I gotta I gotta catch kid. up on the series before it uh, before that movie comes out. Then uh, there's a Mortal Kombat movie coming out. I didn't know. Yeah, April. Yeah, they they they. I think they already Why started they to. Because <laughs> bro, more, I don't it could know. Could be good, but they just can't fuck it up. I don't know if I don't okay video game movies in general, but especially fighting game fighting video game movies. I don't know if they can really work. Well, I guess we have martial art movies like, anyway. Instant Dragon, so like, like Bloodsport, Kickboxer. Yeah. I mean, yeah, those movies. Some of those movies were corny, but they could work. What I had to, what yeah. was I, I always thought about was why do boxing movies work, but martial arts movies are always just weird. Just are just never hit right. Yeah. Boxing boxing movies, yeah, they have that element of like triumph. Martial arts movies, you know, usually the plot's kind of thin, and it's more about the choreography itself. It's like it's just enough plot to justify why these people are punching each mm-hmm. other. Whereas with the boxing, it's like the boxing is almost, especially when it's a when it's a when it's a biopic, mm-hmm. the boxing is almost like an accessory to the story yeah. because you're actually looking at this person's real life, and then the boxing is like whatever. But I mean, I love myself a good martial arts movie. You're right. Like The Raid, 
I've been, I need to rewatch that oh, at least yeah. once a year just for my personal health because <laughs> that movie is it's so good. Um, so yeah, I mean, we'll see how it goes. I think that, uh, you know, it's going to change date nights, obviously, you know, you got a studio apartment. Hey, shorty, uh, Godzilla just came out. You want to come, <laughs> come watch space jam? <laughs> Oh God! Oh no! Yeah. I'm not excited for that movie at all. Yeah, they should not make a second one. There's no point of making a second. I am. I, one thing I was I was hype about was in the Heights, the in the Heights movie. Um, That's gonna be great. I do want to see that. Really good. I just had to just it'd be cool to see the neighborhood. Um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, man. I mean, entertainment's gonna proceed. It's just a matter of how it happens. Um, you know, and and obviously, uh, this is actually opportune that we're having this episode now because uh, a little announcement for those who are listening. Next year, I am going to be launching uh, another podcast with some friends uh, called The Media More Ooh. that is dedicated exclusively to film and uh, TV news and reviews. So be on the lookout for that. Um, and yeah, there's going to be more conversations like this, but also going more in depth with like specific kind of uh, art house stuff. It's, it's I'm really looking forward to it. Congratulations, um, my brother. Thanks, man. Yes, it was actually, I mean, this whole, this whole podcasting thing has been interesting because that was the only podcast I was ever considering. So then Jude, when you came to me about HBO, I was like, oh yeah, that sounds cool because I've already been thinking about a podcast and now like this got started first, but yeah, it's going to be me, Wes, um, and my friends, Danny and Zach, uh, and probably putting out two monthly, two episodes monthly to start. Um, so yeah, probably alternating with this. So, I'll, you know, it, it'll be busy, but, um, yeah, I, I'm, you know, whatever form film takes, I'm going to be there with it. Um, and yeah, like Jude said, hopefully, listen, I'm going to say this now. There's a character named Patriot and he is on the young Avengers with Ironheart Cause I think that's what they're building up to with this Miss Marvel uh -huh. stuff. And he's like, okay. he's like probably 18 to 20 some years old. I could do it, bro. Oh, yeah, Give me a dietitian. Yo, do that. Yep. Give me a coach. I'll Come get on. in there. But yes, that is pretty much the the wrap up on that news. Um, we'll end on our good note, our 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 songs of the week, and our our last um, our last entry for the year. Yes sir, yes sir. All right, so my music this week, uh, show out, uh, Kid Cudi, Skepta, Pop Smoke. You know, I thought that was fire. I've heard it's about heavy. That. It's hard. It's real, it's real good. Uh, Put You On Game by uh, Lupe Fiasco. It was just talking about it earlier. Mm -hmm. And um, Deep End by Fouché. Mm. Yeah, my girl, my nice. girl been playing that. And I'm like, yo, this is actually kind of hard. Like, it's <laughs> hard. <laughs> what about you, Ahmad? Uh, songs of the week. I, it would have to be starting off from the one I was li just listening to before I hopped on here. It was... Melodies from Heaven by Kirk Franklin. Yes, sir. <laughs> I was hoping that doing heavy for the past few days, but no. <laughs> um, I was listening to uh, Diamonds 2 by Freddie Gibbs. Um, uh, I was listening to Soul Holidays by Soul by S Sounds of Blackness. Mm -hmm. um, listening to Cross My Mind by Jill Scott. And the last one that that is a that's a little it's a hitter. It's like it's like a deep hitter. Like you got to listen to it on the low. You in the shower. You in bed. It's called "I Am" by the the main man Samo. Shout out I to Samo. I gotta Samo. get more into Samo. Yeah, you've been talking about homeboy is ruthless. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, homeboy is is he's dope. So yeah, and the last one is "Fly Away" by High Five. Very nice. You gave us a, a bevy. You made a whole playlist yourself. 
Um, Listen, I'm going to say for me this week, uh, first I'll shout out my friend, uh, my neighbor, actually, Violet Ivy. She put out a single called Lost in Time. Um, if y'all are into like, I, you know, the easiest comparison I can make is Hiatus Coyote, um, which is like this indie band from Australia, uh, indie jazz fusion type of thing, alternative, really cool, amazing voice, uh, amazing band behind her. So check her out. Um, secondly, I'll say El, uh, La Lisa by Sir and Smino or L.A. Lisa. Um, I rediscovered that recently and I'll top it off with, because I said I would, um, bad bunny, El Mundo es Mio. Uh, I'm, I'm, it's, I just, I love it. I just love it. And I'm actually, you know, my journey to learn Spanish has been a slow, steady increase. Oh, right. And the more, like yeah. I'll, I'll listen to songs and I'll start comprehending. I mean, bad bunny is different cause he's like Spanish rapping and he's Puerto Rican and it's like really fast. So he right. like abbreviates words and forget about it. But I'll listen to like some old salsa song or some old bachata song, and I'll be like, "Hmm, yeah, I feel you, brother. I hear what you're saying. You're saying you love her, and you don't want her to go nowhere." And I get that. Um, Speaking facts, <laughs> facts. Um, but <laughs> uh, I think if if y'all are good, we are coming to a close. Our final episode of 2020. If you want more Uptown Love, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Not SoundCloud because they they want us to pay and we ain't doing that. Google Podcasts, anywhere you like listening to your podcast. Uh, follow us on Instagram. We will be back in the new year bringing you all the goodies that we usually bring. Do y'all have any New Year's resolutions? Do I? I never do this. I just say, <laughs> damn. I just say, just continue doing what I'm doing. Just continue doing Period. what I'm doing. And I'm a gangster. Stability. Yeah. Stability. I just want to be stable all around. Like, it is getting hot. It's COVID in the air. God damn it. I don't, that's, that's the re, that's the resolution, okay? <laughs> Every year is a resolution for stability, okay? I don't want no fast car. I want a fast life, okay? A fast life to success. I want to, I want to be able to pay for my, my water. Y'all sound like Terrence Howard. <laughs> I'm on a pit bull, man. Fantastic. I think my resolution is to get a mod on this show more often. Okay. <laughs> that would be my. Yes, beloveds, have a fantastic Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, and New Year. We will catch you on the other side. Stay dangerous. Blessings and blessings. Yes, sir. Deuces. Brr.